0: Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. This podcast series, it's a bit different from others you may listen to. It's not a daily news podcast, it's not Crime Junkie, or a podcast dedicated to a social cause. This podcast is born from a deep desire to help us all live a happier life and the firm belief that a powerful way to make that happen is to open our eyes to a new way of seeing life. You see, at the foundation of our behavior and beliefs is the way we see the world and ourselves in it. So, hopefully this podcast will give you a new perspective and tools you can use to think and live better. If you want to find the home channel for Open Your Eyes, go to openyoureyes.org to find your podcast channel and then subscribe to it so you automatically get updates as they're released each Monday. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about the power of reinvention, of reinventing ourselves. The history of women's marathoning was turned on its ear a few months ago when Kira Diamato, a 37year- old mother of two boys stepped up to the start line in the Houston Marathon. It was a brisk, breezy day, and the field of runners was full of young, fast, professional runners. Standing in front of Kira at the start was at Sede Tesema is an Ethiopian runner who has won the Chicago, Boston, and Dubai Marathons. She ran the Dubai Marathon at a screaming fast 2 hours and 23 minutes. Alongside Tesema stood another elite Ethiopian runner, Birukayet De Gefa, who had already won the Houston Marathon three times. The Houston Marathon is known as a fast track. Flat and near sea level, many runners traveled to Houston to set their personal best times. Now, the U.S. record for the women's marathon has stood unchanged since 2006. It was then that Dina Castor, ran a two-hour, 19-minute, 36-second marathon in London and set the U.S. record. Elite U.S. runners have tried to break the record many times. Shalane Flanagan tried to do it at Berlin and fell short. Jordan Hasse tried to do it in the Chicago Marathon and didn't make it. And Sarah Hall tried as well, but fell one minute short of that long-standing marathon record. So, As Kira stood among the best runners in the world waiting for the gun to start in Houston, no doubt she seemed like the old woman of the bunch. Kira was 37 years old, and most running analysts thought her best days were behind her. And Kira's career hadn't been all that promising, to be honest. While her running career had started strong as an All-American in college, her professional career came to an abrupt end when she injured her ankle and required surgery. In the decade that followed her surgery, Kira got married, had two children, and gained a lot of pregnancy weight. So in 2018, she took a look at herself after 10 years of being a mother and wondered what happened to the runner she was and the body she had 10 years before. Now, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's happened to me. It's like you open your eyes after a decade of living your life and keeping up with the busyness of things. And look at who you are and wonder, is this who I am or even who I want to be? Or maybe you think, what happened to the person I used to be? You know, when you look in the mirror and don't always recognize who's looking back at you? Well, it's at these times that it's hard to think that you can renew or recover or reinvent the life that you're living. But reinvention happens more often than you think. Well, Kira decided she needed to lose the weight that she'd gained through her two pregnancies. So she set a goal to run a marathon and she figured it would give her the motivation to train and get back into shape. But Kira did something few of us ever do. She sat down and imagined and determined how she was going to reinvent herself as a runner. She explored the possibilities and inspired by the possibility of it all, She knew she needed a team, a coach, a trainer, and running partners. If she was going to reinvent herself, she needed the best team to make it happen. And that's what she did. In her debut marathon, she ran two hours and 44 minutes at the Grandma's Marathon. The next year, she ran two hours and 35 minutes at the Berlin Marathon. Interestingly, as she trained, Kira started to feel stronger at age 37 than she ever had. And she noticed a distinct difference between her mindset at 37 and her mindset at 24. At 37, she took nothing for granted. She was more disciplined and she loved what she was doing. And she was coachable and she wanted to compete. You see, every day when she laced on her shoes, she said to herself, the best is yet to come. Her next race was in Chandler, Arizona. In that marathon, she improved her record time to an incredible two hours, 22 minutes, almost 13 minutes better than her previous marathon. And after that race, she noticed that the race was really smooth. She didn't hit the wall. So she was confident that she could run faster. So given all of this, when Kira stood at the start line in Houston this year, while the analysts and other runners may have discounted her speed or strength or stamina because of her age, she knew. She knew that she could win. Kira ran the first 5K in 16 minutes and 25 seconds, and alongside her was Ethiopia's Baruch Kayet Degefa. And they remained close through 10 and 15 kilometers. But as the race hit the halfway mark, Degefa was unable to match Kira's speed and fell back to 20 seconds behind. And Kira never wavered, and Degefa never got close again. When Kira crossed the finish line, the clock read 2 hours, 19 minutes, and 12 seconds, and Kira would break the U.S. marathon record, which had stood for over 15 years. Now, Kira is now looking forward to the Boston Marathon. The world record for a women's marathon is 2 hours and 14 minutes. Will Kira take an additional 5 minutes off her time? And beat the world record at age 38 or 39 or 40? Maybe. Because when you reinvent yourself, the best is yet to come. So, what about you? If you were to reinvent yourself, what would you do? Recently, eHistory Magazine decided to rank the greatest inventions of the last 1,000 years. And they considered a number of inventions. The gas-powered tractor which sped up farming and food production, anesthesia, which enabled a huge leap forward in medicine and enabled surgery, vaccinations, the telephone, radio, the internet, and many more inventions were considered. Do you know what they ranked as the most life-changing invention in the last 1,000 years? The printing press. Why? Because knowledge is power as the saying goes, and the invention of the mechanical-movable-type printing press helped disseminate knowledge wider and faster than ever before. With books and the ability to share knowledge, society started to change. German goldsmith Johannes Gutenberg is credited with inventing the printing press around 1436. Although he was far from the first to automate the printing press, Woodblock printing in China dates back to the 9th century, and Korean bookmakers were printing with movable metal type a century before Gutenberg. But most historians believe Gutenberg's adaptation, which employed a screw type wine press to squeeze down evenly on the inked metal type, was the key to unlocking the modern age. And with the newfound ability to inexpensively mass produce books on every imaginable topic, Revolutionary ideas and priceless knowledge were now placed in the hands of every literate European. Now, this knowledge and change in view would stir the minds of the European people. As a result, there would be a renaissance in thinking, in government, rights, medical science, religion, physics, and imagination. But the largest impact, perhaps, was on the spirit of men and women who began to learn and grow. Likewise in your life, is it time for a renaissance? Maybe it's time to stir your spirit a bit as you look to the future and think about who you can become. Now, there may be a few of us right now thinking, I'm already so busy. How can I reinvent myself? I get it. I really do. But here's the thing. You've likely reinvented yourself several times already in your life. In fact, in your past, what reinventions have you brought to your life? Well, I've had times of reinvention. Graduate school taught me to think critically and listen and work beyond what I thought was possible. I had a job working overseas that taught me to think outside my cultural norms and paradigms. And you too, I'm sure, have had times of reinvention. And here's the thing. I believe we need reinvention. You're already remarkable in every sense of the word. And like Kira, You've been about doing things that are really important in life, but there are times, and this may be one of those times, in which you can bring something remarkable to you. You have so much to offer, and I'll bet reinvention could make all the difference. So, what is your next reinvention? Well, before we answer that question, To reinvent is to produce something for the first time through the use of imagination and ingenious thinking, or even experiment. And reinventing yourself, inventing anything, has a few basic primary steps. The first step is to identify the problem. Really, honestly identify it without bias. The second, to explore the possible solutions. Three, the third step, incubate. Incubation is a period of relaxation that allows subconscious thought to work, refining and reflecting on the best solutions. And last, follow your inspiration. James Dyson always approached his inventions by first identifying the problem he was to overcome. He noticed wheelbarrows, for example, struggled over bumpy ground and had little lateral maneuverability. So he developed the ball barrow, making the wheelbarrows easy to pivot. He noticed vacuum cleaners relied on bags, so he invented the Dyson bagless cleaner. So in that vein, let me ask you a simple question. What problem, large or small, needs to be fixed or addressed in your life right now? It may be small, but what might that problem be? Do you have it identified? And let's say you're like those who recently responded to a LinkedIn survey about the biggest problems they're facing. The top response from respondents in that survey was, they have too much work to do and not enough time. They lack balance in their life and managing their workload. Now, this is probably the same response that you get from a busy mom, a business owner, or a work-from-home employee. It's a problem we all face. Now, before we move on, have we fully identified that problem? Remember, we need to be clear about what the problem really is before we reinvent it. Now, you may think that you struggle with work-life balance because you have too much to do, but why do you have too much to do? Do you have too much work to do, or do you have too many interruptions, or too many conflicting priorities, or too many children, or is your work boring and unfulfilling so you don't get after it like you used to, so you're getting less done than you should? Perhaps you have no boundaries, or you're a poor planner, or your health is impacting your ability to do your work, and so forth. You see, it's a common problem to feel overwhelmed or out of balance, but there is usually a major contributing factor or two that we need to identify. And here's what I found. Most people don't have work balance because they don't plan their day. And as a result, their day runs them. Now, years ago, I learned a simple lesson, plan your work. Can you imagine building a house without house plans? Well, the same goes for building your day. And you'll never change your life until you plan what you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine and planning allows you to put into your day what matters most to you. So if your day isn't planned, Maybe the lack of planning is the real problem, not just your workload. Or maybe you don't know how to say no, or haven't utilized other people well, or a number of other possibilities. The point is, you can see how valuable understanding the real problem might be to reinvention. It allows you then to reinvent on the real issue. Now, once the problem is identified, now you can explore solutions. To explore is to look carefully at something, to study, to learn about it. You see, the reason so few of us ever reinvent ourselves or solve big problems in life is that we're too impatient. We want immediate solutions. But the invention, the beauty, the renaissance is found in the exploration. If you're a mom, for example, and you feel like you lack connection with your teenagers, then explore. Learn, read, consider. You might learn and remember that teenage years are full of emotional intensity, swinging between moody and impulsive to warm and wonderful. I remember one day my teenage daughter came home, walked through the house, and up the stairs without saying a word. I said, hello, with no response from her. I asked how she was, with no response from her. Then I hollered as she walked up the stairs, Your room's a mess, hoping when she got upstairs, she would do something about it. To which she yelled back, you should see my life. Reinventing a relationship with her may take thinking and doing and acting in ways you haven't in the past. It may mean it's okay for teenagers to get a few things wrong, or you'll need to find ways to enjoy them and their weirdness or just to listen. Whatever that reinvention may be, you may need to explore and learn and listen first. Next, to reinvent your life or part of your life after you've explored the possible solutions, incubate. To incubate is to sit on an egg of sorts, a solution or an idea while it takes shape, to cause or aid in the development of something. I can't tell you the number of times I faced a problem in life and thought I had the right solution. Only to incubate for a while and realize I wasn't on the right track. To incubate is to leave the problem and come back to it. To leave the proposed solution and come back to it. It just allows time for inspiration and processing and input. Researchers from the University of California, Santa Barbara, recently conducted a study called Mind Wandering Facilitates Creative Incubation. In the research, they assigned participants a large creative task. For one half of the group, after assigning the task, those participants immediately went to work. For the other half of the participants, they were given a lightweight simple task to complete after they were assigned before attacking the larger task. Those who were given the simple task between the assignment and the work performed better. Other research has proven that during incubation, your relaxed brain repatterns information, taking recent data and aligning it with old data. In other words, a new piece of information can cause a new link to be made and new insight achieved. Now, I know some people who won't make any major decision without incubation. So let's say your problem is that you have a habit you can't seem to overcome. Perhaps it's eating poorly or waking up late or procrastination or any other type of habit. And you've decided that the best way to overcome the habit is to act different in trigger moments. For example, you eat poorly when you're tired or bored or stressed and mostly in the evenings. So in those moments, you wander to the pantry and seek temporary relief from your boredom or stress by eating. You've identified the problem explored the solutions, and decided that you'll stock your refrigerator with healthy food. But as you let that decision incubate, you read and think a bit more about the decision and consider the alternative option of changing your evening routine. Perhaps you decide that a 30-minute walk and listening to a podcast in the evening will hijack any trigger moments. Because you're too busy doing the right thing to find your way to the pantry and eat the wrong thing. And by changing your environment altogether, you reinvent yourself and overcome the habit. And you get the side benefits as well. You burn calories, sleep better, and in the end, you feel better about you. You see, this incubation period gives you time for those added insights. Next, watch for the time of inspiration. And when it comes, follow that inspiration. Now, this podcast was born in that environment. It was born of that type of inspiration. I had explored the possibilities of how to share my concepts, incubated, and then one day I was inspired. And that day was the day I acted. I found a production team, scheduled the first recording date, and went to work. And it's blessed my life ever since. So, just like Kira decided to get back to marathoning, or you deciding to plan your day, act in the moment of inspiration. Christmas of 2020 was shaping up to be a heartbreaker for Melanie Lee. A few weeks earlier, her 33 year old son had lost his battle with a long illness. Then, the transmission on her 2007 Chevy Tahoe conked out. She had no means of paying for it to be fixed. When it broke down, I broke down, she said. I had no idea what to do. Enter Elliot Middleton, 38, the owner of a barbecue restaurant. He'd heard about Lee's predicament from a nephew, and on Christmas morning, Middleton showed up unannounced at Lee's home with a gift, a white 1993 Oldsmobile. He handed her the keys and didn't ask for anything. With that car, she was able to pick up her granddaughters from school, take them to dance class, and live a normal life. This idea to give cars to others, it came to him a year earlier during a food drive that he'd organized. Many of those people who lined up for a meal had walked up to four miles to get there because they didn't have cars. And he had a sudden rush of inspiration at the time that he could change lives by using his mechanical skills. Giving someone a car can give them their life back, he said. I want to help everybody looking to better themselves when it's transportation that's holding them back. Through his foundation, he's collected 100 cars and surprised more than 30 of his neighbors with a set of wheels. And he does the repairs himself, he gets the cars running, and people have started to donate to his cause. So far, he's collected $42,000 for parts. Middleton has reinvented his life because he acted when he was inspired to act. John Lyman worked for 30 years as a trauma nurse, but he liked to write. You know, he wrote a few stories and loved the feeling he had inside when he gave himself to his writing talent. One day, he was reading The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown, and he felt inspired that he could write. So while on vacation in Hawaii, he decided to act, to reinvent himself, and he started reading about a secret code that some think runs through the Old Testament, and his novel took shape. Right then, he started to write, and he created the title for his book, God's Lions. His book is now a top selling ebook on Amazon. The point act on your inspiration. So, as you consider reinventing your life, remember these four steps identify the problem, explore the possibilities, incubate, and act on inspiration. Now, the last part of reinventing yourself. When I worked as an analyst at Procter & Gamble, I was asked to help evaluate the potential purchase of another company. P&G was looking to buy a portion of the Schulten Company, particularly the Old Spice brand. Now, Old Spice started as a men's soap and aftershave brand way back in 1934. And over the years, the Old Spice brand had evolved. In the 1970s, The brand advertising for Old Spice featured a sailor stepping off a ship on his return from traveling on the high seas. And there waiting for him was a beautiful woman who loved him because he smelled so good. And along with that advertising was a rather famous tune that played during the commercial. Well, by 1990, that advertising hadn't been featured for a number of years. And as part of our analysis, we were asked to determine a value for the brand and make a recommendation to the CEO of P&G as to whether we should buy the company. Well, at the time, Gillette was not owned by P&G, and Gillette was taking market share from P&G because P&G didn't have a young men's deodorant or aftershave brand. We did our analysis, and many of us concluded that the brand was just too old to reinvent. I mean, the name itself was Old Spice. And if P&G was seeking a young man's brand, then perhaps they should buy another. There were so many obstacles. The existing Old Spice products were dated, the packaging was tired, the market share declining, and a host of other things. And Shelton, the company that owned Old Spice, had stopped reinvesting in the brand years ago. They'd given up on the brand, and they were just maintaining it while they were seeking a buyer. But in our due diligence, we discovered something. The brand recognition was amazing. When we tested people's unaided recall of the advertising of the brand, the music, the logo, etc., they all immediately recalled the brand. But when they recalled the brand, they thought fondly of their father, not of a young man. So despite the high unaided recall, the association with the brand, we felt, was just too old. So if P&G was seeking to build a young man's brand, this wasn't the way to go, right? Well, my opinion at the time was, don't purchase the Old Spice brand. But when all the presentations were done, the CEO of P&G didn't hesitate. In fact, he declared we would buy the brand and predicted in a matter of a few short years, Old Spice would be the leading men's skincare brand in the market. Now, What did he know that I didn't know? Well, a lot. He knew how to reinvent brands. You see, P&G had reinvented one brand after another. Cheer, Downey, Cascade, Tide, Crest, Scope, and others. And he knew that they could leverage Old Spice's brand awareness to reinvent a new persona for the product. He also knew P&G had existing technology and deodorant and skincare products that they could immediately bring to that Old Spice brand. So... The brand was purchased, they developed new ingredients, new product formulas, new packaging, fresh advertising that appealed to young men, and a host of other reinventions were made to the Old Spice brand, and it became the best-selling young man's brand in the market. Along the way, Old Spice partnered with the NFL and featured football stars in various TV and digital campaigns. They were creative and leveraged social media, used humor, and reinvented Old Spice. You see, everyone else had given up on the brand, but P&G's CEO saw what no one else saw because he was in the business of reinvention. He had reinvented the same type of brand over and over again and knew it could be done with Old Spice. Now, what about you? Do you see in you, in your brand, in your life, things that others don't see? We all need a little reinvention now and then. And we all have something about us, about our brand, so to speak, that makes us attractive. But too often, people run from reinvention because it seems like work or means that we have to face our weaknesses. And honestly, we're all tired of hearing about our weaknesses. But like the CEO at P G, you see, he didn't see weaknesses in Old Spice; he saw opportunities. You can seize those opportunities in your life to invent and reinvent your future. So, as we end today, let me ask you a simple question. Let's travel forward 10 or 15 years in your life. And let's assume, at that point in time, you take a look back at this time, this year, and your actions or considerations to reinvent yourself. At that point in time, will you be grateful that you tried to reinvent yourself? Of course you will. Now, reinvention doesn't need to be some dramatic thing. It can be as simple as planning your day or listening to your teenager or as significant as relaunching your brand or business. Whatever you feel inspired to do. But remember, like Kira, it doesn't matter your age and it doesn't matter what's happened in the last decade. It only matters what you do today. Remember, at your core you are full of possibilities. You're worthy of reinvention. You've done remarkable things in your life, and it's time to chart your course for the next stage of your life. And I believe you've been given this time in your life very much for a reason. Perhaps that reason is to become who you can and should become. So remember to identify and be honest about the problem to address, explore the possibilities and let those and your impressions incubate. Then act on your inspiration and watch what happens. Your God-given talents will shine and grow, and soon you'll have the blessings of your inventions, your new brand manifest in your life. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend, And join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.